In this edition of Locked On Capitals, I talk with Dane Lewis of Locked On Stars as we preview the Caps versus the Stars. Let's talk about that next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holm. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So in this edition, I am joined by Dane Lewis of Locked On Stars as we talk about the Capitals taking on the first place Dallas Stars. We'll talk about that next. It is game day in Dallas as the Stars return home from a four-game road trip on the East Coast, and they're set to face the Washington Capitals, the first matchup with the Metro Division team for the Stars this season. And we're here to talk about this game today. This is Dane Lewis of the Locked On Stars podcast, joined by Dan Holmey of the Locked On Washington Capitals podcast. And Dan, how's it going? Hockey is officially back. How are you feeling uh, the first couple weeks through this season? I'm doing pretty well. The Caps picked up uh, two big wins here, so I hope they can keep that momentum going forward um, and hope for a big win against Dallas. I know you're not hoping for that outcome, but I am anyhow. Yeah, the Stars certainly needing uh, to pick up a few wins after a couple tough outings in Ottawa and Boston earlier this week. And uh, if there was ever a time for them to need to have some games at home, it's now. And uh, hopefully they'll, they'll get a different result than they got last season when the Stars and Caps met in Dallas. Many Stars fans will remember that that was Sergei Zubov's jersey retirement night, and uh, the Stars went on to lose 5-0 to zero in that game, one of, one of the worst outings we saw from that team last season. Uh, so hopefully we'll, we'll get a little bit more of a competitive matchup and see a little bit more from the Stars' offense, but I want to take a moment and talk about this Capitals team. They sit at 4-3 and three as of right now and uh, have you know some pretty interesting numbers to go along with that. Top five in the league in goals four with 25, but also 25th in the NHL in goals against with 24 goals allowed. So. With this offense, I mean, you look at the leaders on the team, you have obviously Alexander Ovechkin leading the way, but you have a few other players tied for first in points with him as well. What has kind of been, you know, the focal point of this Capitals offense? And when it's at its best, uh, what what is the what do the Capitals do uh, that makes their offense so deadly? I mean, many people can look back and see their most recent outing against the Devils where they score six on the road. I mean, when the Capitals are at their best, uh, what works for them offensively and what makes them so dangerous? Well, interestingly enough about this team, as they've been getting the most production from the fourth line, uh, Nick Dowd, Garnet Hathaway, and now they've inserted Beck Malenstein. So not a real typical situation. Generally, you consider the a team's top line or second line that gets the most scoring. But um, Alex Ovechkin has been, been heating up a little bit as of late, but a bit of a slow start there. But um, talking about the last game that they played, they were getting scoring against New Jersey all the way up and down, and they were also getting production from their blue line. So when everyone is kind of working together, I think that there's not one real scoring line. If the team is firing on all cylinders, they can get scoring from the first line to the fourth and even occasionally 
on the defense as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's the key to being a good hockey team is having that solid depth beyond your first and second line. And so if teams like Washington are able to have that additional scoring uh, outside of, you know, a, a player like Ovechkin and a few other of those top line players, that is a recipe for success, especially in a division like the Metro that has a lot of high powered offenses and a few good defenses as well. Uh, and talking a little bit more specifically about Alexander Ovechkin, uh, it's no secret that he is starting to age and the stars also have a, an aging, you know, offensive threat on their team and Joe Pavelski. But just to kind of get your perspective on Ovechkin, 37 years old, uh, you know, the seemingly going to be another high score for the Capitals this season. Do you expect him to be in the top, you know, two or three in points this season? I know he's obviously chasing history with his goal scoring this year. I mean, do you expect him to continue to play at a high level all through this season? And when do you realistically see maybe a drop off coming for Ovechkin? Because it doesn't really seem like he's slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, and you know, there's been people throughout the years that, you know, if he's ever had a dip in production, they said, well, it's time to trade him. It's time to get rid of him. And then he'll come and do something and score 50 goals. Uh, my projection for him is 52 goals. I know that the athletic was uh, kind of pegging him to be like number, uh, get 47 goals. Uh, but with a power play goal in the second OV, a third of the season, um, 783 overall. And just looking statistically, so he's at 783. Gordy Howe's next at 801. And then the great one, Wayne Gretzky at 894. Um, his projected goals for this year is 35. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that is a very attainable uh, amount of goals for him to get, considering he got 50 the year before. Um, and then uh, it's projected to be 184 games um, until he hits the record. So I do think it is in his sight to finally uh, get Wayne Gretzky. For, uh, first of all, he's going to have to go through Gordie Howe. Um, everyone asked me, when do they think that's going to happen? Uh, it's looking like the 24-25 season is when Alex will finally beat Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, and that's going to be an exciting story to follow as he continues to age and, you know, just in general. I mean, you, you have guys like Ovechkin, Crosby, Pavelski, kind of this great generation of players that are slowly on their way out, but making a lot of noise on their way out. And Ovechkin is certainly synonymous with the Washington Capitals organization. And uh, another player who also fits that role as well the past few years with this team is Tom Wilson, who has not been on the ice so far this season with the, I believe it's a torn ACL. You can correct me if I'm wrong there. Right. How impactful is the absence of a guy like Wilson? I mean, he he plays that enforcer role so well, notorious for it around the league, but also can contribute 52 points in 78 games last season with the Caps. How impactful is his absence for this team? Well, listen, it's huge because like you referenced there, he is the enforcer. He is a bit of an intimidator. And uh, you've definitely noticed a lack of that intimidation or that sandpaper personality when Wilson's not, uh, not on the ice. But he is a multi-tiered player. He has he can score 20-plus goals. Um, but it is noticeable that he's not out on the ice. He is the top-line right wing. Brian McClellan, the GM of the Capitals, went outside and Connor Brown in the offseason, and now he's injured. So now it's a bit of a question on who is ultimately going to play that top line right wing. But Tom Wilson uh, is scheduled to be back around between uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. But uh, his impact is huge on this team. Uh, you kind of start to see, especially when I was watching that game against Ottawa, where they kind of try to push around the caps a little bit more like, well, what are you going to do about it? So I think they need someone like Wilson, kind of the sheriff of, of the team, if you will, to kind of roll in and kind of set things straight. But um, 
Uh, we're missing his goal scoring and his leadership. It's my belief that at when Alex Ovechkin uh, hangs up the skates, that he will be the captain of the team uh, going forward. Definitely a, a guy that, you know, you realize it when he's on the ice, you definitely feel his presence even watching the game, but I think you also notice it a bit when he's off the ice. And so it'll be interesting to see how the stars approach this game. Uh, they have a few guys as well that play that enforcer role and try to get under the other team's skin. And without Wilson on the ice, it'll, I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And I got a couple more questions for you. The first talking about one of the newest members of this Capitals team uh, in the off season, you guys go out and you add Stanley Cup champion Darcy Kemper uh, to the you know goalie room what's been your impression on him so far he's three and two so far on the season 3.04 goals against average and an 899 save percentage what have been your thoughts on Kemper so far through the early stages of this season well, I think Kemper has played very well. I think that he's been victim of circumstance. I think that the Caps defense has folded in front of him when people have thought he's been playing a poor game, but his numbers are great. And I think that he's definitely kind of solidified that position um, and, you know, kind of given the Caps that stability that they were looking for. As we know, they had Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek last season, which were inconsistent all of last season. So for the for Brian McClellan to go out and pick up Darcy Kemper and then Charlie Lindgren, uh, who played lights out, who I expect will get the start against Dallas. I guess it remains to be seen, but he has played very well. Um, my my worry about Darcy Kemper, I guess, is that he's never been on a team where he's carried the bulk of the mail. He's always kind of been in limited capacity. Um, also, he, he's a bit prone to the injury bug. The 31-year-old missed 83 games through injury since his NHL debut and 50 in the last two seasons. So I think for me, as long as Darcy can stay healthy, you know, obviously he he can play well. He uh, was on the winning team when the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup last season. Hopefully we can get that same uh, production in front of uh, the Washington Capitals as well. For sure. I mean, always beneficial to add good veteran depth to your team all over the roster, but especially a guy who, like you said, fresh off a cup win with the Avalanche. Uh, I mean, that's got to be vital for that locker room and for, you know, the other veterans on the team like Ovechkin and Wilson uh, trying to unite the younger guys and even the other veteran players as well. Uh, always great to add that depth. And the last question I have for you, uh, one I like to ask anyone I do crossovers with, because we know the big names on this team. We've talked about them at length, but, but who are a few underrated players or at least one underrated player that the Stars fans watching this game should be on the lookout for that they might not be super familiar with right now? So one of the big ones for me is Alexi Protus. He was a guy that came into camp. Um, I don't think that they had planned for him to be on the big team this year, but he was one of the guys that came in and played so well that they couldn't send him down. I think that ultimately they had other players in mind to be on the big team, but Alexi Protus would be one to look for. And if Connor McMichael can get some playing time, um, I think he is another uh, big one to look for as well. If he'll actually be in the game, um, I don't think he will, but those are two big names on the team this year. And then what I referenced um, earlier was Charlie Lindgren, um, a bit of an unproven commodity. They picked him up from St. Louis or signed him rather. Um, he played lights out for their AHL affiliate and has done an excellent job for the Capitals. In the last game against New Jersey, he played lights out. I mean, he kept the Capitals in that game. And uh, I, that's why I expect him to play against Dallas. I know he's not the number one goalie, so they might end up sticking with that mindset and go back to Darcy. But if I was the coach of the Capitals, I would put uh, Charlie Lindgren in net. But those are the big players to look for. Charlie Lindgren, not a household name around the NHL, but I think it will be Alexi Protus and Connor McMichael. 
yeah, definitely worth keeping an eye on those guys. And we'll be, I know we're recording this early on Wednesday morning, just before 10 a.m. So, uh, of course, no indication on who's going to be in net for either team and what the lineups look like in general. But certainly a storyline that'll be worth keeping an eye on. Uh, as you know, you could either have Kemper, the Stanley Cup champion in the crease, or Lindgren, a, an up-and-coming guy looking to make an impression on this team. And uh, this is kind of the, the update on the Washington Capitals as it stands right now. And we're going to take a quick break and say thank you to one of our sponsors before we move on and talk about the stars a little bit. And today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. You can find the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcast, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports and events, including the MLB postseason, the World Series, just right around the corner. You can bet on NFL football, NBA basketball. You can bet on NHL hockey, including the Stars at Capitals game, MMA, boxing, golf, and so many more sports to choose from at betonline.net. You can head to their website right now or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline.net is where the game starts. All right. Welcome back into this special crossover edition of Locked On Stars and Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this next segment here, I'm going to ask Dane some question about the Stars. So there's a lot to be happy about if you're a Stars fan. You're in first place in the Central. But, I mean, the last couple games are a bit of a cause of concern. Lost to Ottawa Monday 2-4, to four, and then a loss to Boston 1-3. to three. The Stars 3-1, and one, they're 4-2-1. and one. They scored just one goal for the first time this season and returned from the road trip 1-2-1. and one. What has been the issue with the Stars in these last couple games? You know, we talked briefly before the show that it's good that they have those wins in the bank and they're sitting on top so they don't have to worry about that too much. But if what if you were to diagnose the problem with the stars right now, the last couple games, what would you say the issue is? So if you want to get specific and talk about about the more recent problems in the games on Monday and Tuesday in Ottawa and Boston, I think the stars and I hate to use the excuse of you know fatigue and tired legs being it's so early in the season, but I think it's kind of. A, a given on the first road trip of the season, you can't expect everything to go swimmingly and guys are still kind of getting into the swing of things and the, you know, the grit and grind of playing a few games at home and going on the road and being away from home for over a week and over the weekend. Uh, and I think all things considered, the stars did pretty well to come away from that road trip with at least three points that that game in Toronto, the fact that they got a point out of that game uh, is pretty miraculous. And then they take care of business in Montreal. But I think by the time you get to Ottawa on Monday and then especially having to play back to back on Tuesday against a tough Bruins team, it just felt like maybe a little bit too much for the stars. And they've played five of their first seven games away from home. And Tuesday in Boston, they're without their best player in Miro Hazen. And he's day to day with an upper body injury, even recording this now. Uh, the stars diagnosing the situation and seeing, you know, what is going to become of him. That's going to be a storyline to follow leading up to this game. But if you want to talk about an overall issue, if you look at all seven games, uh, the real killer for this team is penalties. The stars have just racked up so many penalties and spend the majority of their time. It feels like on the kill, which thankfully the penalty kill has been good and the goaltending has been good. But whenever the stars are on the kill, they're obviously not able to run their offense to the fullest extent that they would like to. And, 
if you watch Stars games, you'll notice when they're on five on five, they look good. They can defend well, and they also get some pretty good looks on offense. But they've had some difficulty as of late staying out of the box and being able to maintain that five on five where they're a threat pretty much anywhere on the ice. I mean, they, they've done really well. And on the five on five of transitioning out of their zone through the neutral zone and getting those clean entries and getting really good looks at the net and putting pressure on goalies. So that's something that's really been an issue since the first night of the season for the stars is racking up penalties. And that's something that can be fixed. It's just a matter of can the stars be disciplined enough to stay out of the box and can the coaching staff, you know, put them, their players in the position to not take as many penalties. Yeah, and this was a comment from Coach uh, uh, Peter, Pete DeBoer. He said, from a points perspective, we wanted more. I think when I look big picture at our start, we've played seven games, five on the road. Not an easy ask, and we've had a good start to the season. I think we're building every day here. It's not perfect, but we're building. And that's the kind of leadership that you want from your head coach. You know, Pete DeBoer has kind of been uh, in the head coach recycle bin, if you will. How much better is this Stars team with DeBoer as the head coach? They're so much better. It's night and day with this team from where they were last year. Uh, all the respect in the world to Rick Bonus as a person. He was a great leader of the locker room. But as far as his coaching style, it just was not compatible with the personnel that the Stars have. And Pete DeBoer has come in and given some juice and you know breathed some new life into this offense. Obviously, it wasn't at its best in Ottawa and Boston. But through the first few games of the season, the Stars were scoring four or five goals against the Predators and the Jets. They score five against the Canadians last Saturday night. And so it's really just been a breath of fresh air for Stars fans to see this team that struggled to put the puck in the back of the net over the past couple of seasons actually be a threat on offense. The goal differential is in the positive. They're getting production similar to the Capitals. The Stars are finding ways to get production from the third and fourth lines. Last year, the big story was the Stars were very much a top-line team with Jason Robertson, Rope Hintz, and Joe Pavelski. And those three still playing fantastic, but you're getting production from guys like Ty Delandria, uh, who was the first-round pick for the Stars back in 2018. He's finally full-time on the roster. Wyatt Johnson is a teenage player, still 19 years old, first-round pick in the 2021 draft. He has three goals through seven games this season. So the Stars are being productive at all times on the ice with their lines. It's not just their top three, not just the top six. They're finding ways to get production from the majority of their forwards, but also the defensemen as well. Miro Haskinen, when he's been healthy, has been great this season. Nils Lundqvist is a player the Stars traded uh, and got from the New York Rangers in exchange for a few picks. And, you know, even with John Klingberg gone, the defensemen are still finding a way to contribute this season on both sides of the ice. And, you know, Pete DeBoer has come in and I think done a pretty good job and done about as well as you can do uh, up to this point in the season with the hand that he's been dealt as far as the, you know, the splits of home games and away games. And I think this is a great opportunity with three home games coming up for the stars to kind of get back on track uh, with what they've been doing well th this season. And it's interesting. You bring up uh, Wyatt Johnston. I was going to ask you about him next on an individual level, though, Tuesday might have been the closing argument for Wyatt Johnston to remain in the NHL. Johnston scored the Stars' only goal in Boston, an open net tap-in up by Ty Delandria, dogged effort with a puck. So talk to me a little bit about Wyatt Johnston. It seems like he's an up-and-comer, um, drafted rather high. Do you think the game with Boston, do you think his a great play, do you think that solidified his spot on this Stars team? I do. I absolutely 100% believe that was the nail in the coffin. I think even up to that point, uh, he had done enough to solidify himself a spot on this roster. And it's now kind of the 
unanimous belief amongst stars fans that if he goes back to juniors that that's a bad move by the front office and the coaching staff but i don't think that will happen he he's a special player and a guy that i think the stars got kind of as a steal uh late in the first round in the 2021 draft um i know even johnson himself has gone on record saying that he felt like he was maybe taken a little bit too low and maybe a little bit overlooked he is a smaller player a little bit undersized but he can do a little bit of everything. He can play pretty well. On, you know, he can hold his own on the defensive end despite being one of the smaller guys on the ice, but he really can hurt you offensively. And you've seen it this season. He scores in his NHL debut opening night in Nashville. And then of course, he gets that goal against Boston at the time. That was a huge moment for the Stars last night of capturing a little bit of momentum in that second period. And he can win in the faceoff circle. He can play on the power play. Uh, I mean, he can really just do a little bit of everything. He skates well. He shoots well. A really talented player with the Windsor Spitfires. Was, I think, 124 points with them last season, just in the regular season alone. Uh, and, of course, lit it up in the postseason as well. Just a really special player who I think the Stars have been high on since the draft and maybe got him as a steal. And it, it's really nice to see you know, a, a pick so recent, you know, just two drafts ago, uh, already paying off and coming to fruition. And, you know, he's playing alongside Jamie Benn, the captain of the team who specifically requested to play alongside Wyatt Johnston. So I feel like during training camp, that was a indication of how special this kid could be that a player like Jamie Benn, former Art Ross trophy winner. I mean, he sees the potential in Johnston and they have good chemistry together. And really, whoever else has been playing alongside Johnston has also found good chemistry with him. And last night that happened to be tied to Landria in Boston as they connect for that really nice goal. So it's interesting you bring up Jamie Ben there. How much do Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan have left in the tank? Two huge players that I think even Caps fans know, big names around the NHL. How much do they have in the tank? Yeah, that's a great question and one that Stars fans have been asking all offseason. And it seems like we've started to get a little bit of those answers and Obviously, you mentioned they're both big names. They also both come with massive contracts. Sagan, I believe, uh, maybe the highest paid player in the league, or at least top three. Uh, I know next year, a few new contracts will kick in for guys like Nathan McKinnon, uh, making a lot more money. But both those guys coming in with a lot of expectations placed upon them for how much money that they're making and how much cap space they take up. And I think with Sagan, starting with him, I think he has quite a bit left in the tank. He is a few years younger than Jamie Benn, and he's off to a pretty good start this season. And you know, you look back even to when the Stars were in the Stanley Cup a couple of years ago, Sagan was playing in the Cup, but he was injured his lower body, his knees, his hips just torn to shreds. He has surgery that offseason, misses all but two or three games of the next year. And even last season, I don't know if he was 100% healthy. He played the majority of games, but he just was not himself and didn't look like himself. But this year, he's obviously a little bit slower and a little bit older, but he looks a little bit more like the Tyler Sagan uh, back of the mid-2010s. He's racking up a ton of assists. He has some good scoring opportunities as well through the early stages of this season. Only two goals to his name, but six points in total through seven games played. And so I think Stars fans have been pleased with him. Jamie Benn not doing as much as far as scoring, only three assists uh, through seven games so far. But I think the guys that play with him, Wyatt Johnson, and we've seen Delandria on that line with him. We've seen Dennis Gurionov. We've seen Yoel Kiviranta. I think that he is setting up those guys for success, and he also kind of has started to play the enforcer role or one of the enforcer roles on this Stars team uh, just as he's aged and not you know, the score that he once was. I think he's having to find a new role on this team, and I think he's fitting into it well. And I think he's under a little less fire right now because the Stars have a winning record and the team in general looks really good. I think that that's taken some of the flack uh, off of Jamie Benn and his lack of goal scoring so far through this 
early part of the season. All right, one quick last question here for you in this segment is let's talk a little bit about Mason Marshment, a guy they picked up from Florida. We saw what he did with Florida, really kind of stood out on the score sheet, especially against the Capitals. What it, what does he bring to that Dallas Stars team? Yeah, he he's similar to Wyatt Johnson. I feel like he's Johnson, maybe just a little bit bigger physically, and then also just a few years ahead. Uh, he's a guy who can also do a little bit of everything, play both of the special teams, really good in the five-on-five Stars fans uh, we're very pleased to see how he performed in the preseason, and he wasted no time introducing himself as a Dallas star the first night of the season. Uh, had one of the best goals of the of the season so far, uh, kind of you know making a really nice move around Roman Yossi, one of the premier defensemen in this league, and getting a, a really clean, open look on UC Saros. And he, he's been on fire to start the year, and I think that was kind of the big question is, can he carry this offensive production over from Florida to Dallas because Florida was an offensive juggernaut last season. Dallas not so much, but he's come in and put up three goals through six game or six points in total, seven games so far this season. He's played really well and he scores. He can defend a little bit and he also kind of plays part of the villain role. I wouldn't necessarily say enforcer, but almost every game there's an instance where an opposing player is grabbing his jersey and you can just kind of see Marchment with a little smirk on his face. I think he does a good job of getting under other players' skins. I don't know what all he says. Obviously, uh, the mics don't pick everything up, but you know he finds ways to perform offensively and defensively, but also try to win the mental battles as well. So he does a little bit of everything for the Stars team, and he's been a guy that has been a plug-and-play type of player, and he's come in, made an impact early, and I, I, Stars fans already love him. He's, he's become a fan favorite pretty quick here in Dallas. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think it's going to be an exciting game. You know, I think that the Capitals, if they can uh, take on and they can beat a Dallas Stars team, then I think that that is really a promising sign. All right, so after the break here, we will talk a little bit about the game Thursday night. What is our outlook for the game? We'll talk about that next. All right, welcome back into this crossover edition of Locked On Stars and Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, as you guessed, we are talking about the Dallas Stars and the Washington Capitals. So let's talk about the game Thursday night. We can talk about the netminding situation and some, and that's one thing I guess I got to say for you guys, you're set up pretty well in net. Tell me a little bit about Ottinger and Wedgwood. Who do you see starting in the game Thursday night? And just talk to me a little bit about the netminding situation in Dallas in general. Yeah, so the goaltending situation has been great so far for the Stars this season. Jake Ottinger kind of introduced himself to the hockey world last spring in that first round series against the Calgary Flames. And he's picked up right where he left off with a, a really great start to the season. Obviously, the, the clear number one goalie uh, with five games started this season. He's 4-1. and one. He takes his first loss uh, in Boston on Tuesday, which was unfortunate because he played his college hockey uh, with the Boston Terriers. And it was uh, his NHL debut in the TD Garden. I'm unfortunately, not able to get the win. But I imagine that he'll be the starter in net for the Stars in Thursday's game against the Capitals just because he has been so reliable. He's been good. And even last season, he was just fantastic at home. Uh, Ottinger plays good on the road. He plays good in just about every situation. But I think last year being his first experience with a full, you know, crowd, full attendance at NHL games last year, he got to experience that Stars crowd and he's experiencing it again this season. And he just plays, I think, better at home with, you know, 18,000 fans behind him, all wearing green, cheering him on every time his name gets said or every time he gets put on the screen. I, I think it just raises his play. So I imagine that he will get the start. Uh, and even if he doesn't, for some reason, Scott Wedgwood 
a pickup for the Stars last season at the trade deadline from Arizona, has also proven to be a very capable backup. Uh, he's a great player to have because you can put him in and not worry too much about a drop in quality or an opportunity to win the game. He's lost his game so far this season, uh, one in regulation, one in overtime in Toronto, but he's looked really solid. Uh, and it's hard to peg the losses on him. He's a great player that can you know, get inserted in if Jake Ottinger needs a night off or if you have a back-to-back, you can give them one start each and be confident that your team has a chance to win either way. So I imagine we'll see Jake Ottinger in net tonight. I'd be surprised if we didn't, but even if Wedgwood's in there, I think that he can, you know, do a good job as well. Yeah, so it, just taking a look forward a little bit on this team, you know, it's been kind of a rough schedule going forward here. The Obviously hoping for a big win against the Dallas Stars. Uh, the Caps want to beat the Dallas Stars. The Dallas Stars want to beat the Capitals. What are your predictions? Obviously, you cover the team, so you're going to say the uh, Dallas Stars. What is your outlook? What are some of the storylines to look for uh, in the game Thursday night? I, I think the biggest one for the Stars is whether or not Miro Haskinen plays. And we saw it on Tuesday in Boston. This team is drastically different without him. I mean, he provides so much. Obviously, he provides a ton on the defensive side, but he also does a ton for this team as far as navigating the neutral zone and getting those clean zone entries. He can skate with just about anyone in the league. He can handle the puck pretty well. I think with John Klingberg departing for Anaheim this offseason, he's taken on more responsibility. And so, again, not too much information on what this upper body injury is. That's all we've been told up to this point. Uh, and again, by the time people are hearing this on Thursday, maybe we have a bit more insight, but that's going to be the biggest storyline. Does he play? Is he 100% healthy? And can he make an impact on this game? So if he's healthy, I think the Stars have a great chance. And, and I think that this is, you don't want to say must win game this early in the season, but given you know the Stars track record the past couple games on the road trip, it, it would be great for them to pick up two points in this matchup to start this homestand on the right foot. But, but what about you? How, how do you see this playing out for the Washington Capitals? What is the biggest storyline for them uh, going into this matchup? Well, I think what they should do is just kind of continue to ride the hot hand, as they say. And again, like I talked about earlier in the show, I think they should go with Charlie Lindgren and uh, see what he has against a formidable opponent uh, like the Dallas Stars. I don't think I'm going to see the lineups or the lines change too much. You have great success, but can they continue to do that going forward? Um, I guess that remains to be seen. Uh, but that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the lines to be the same and for Charlie Lindgren uh, to be in that. And hopefully that can propel the caps over the stars. Yeah, it should be an exciting game. A team in the caps looking to build on some momentum. Obviously, a great last game out on the road in New Jersey. You want to capitalize on that momentum. And you have a stars team kind of in the opposite situation coming off two consecutive regulation losses. They're looking to get back on track. So kind of a, an unstoppable force slash immovable object, even though the Stars don't have a ton of momentum. But playing in front of the home crowd, I think they're going to be rejuvenated. I think they're resting up pretty heavily on Wednesday, letting their bodies seal, letting their bodies recover from the travel. And hopefully they'll be dialed in and ready to go. And, you know, from the get-go, we can see some competitive hockey. But do you have a – I know scores are hard to predict, but I'll ask, do you have a prediction for who scores the first Capitals goal? I'm going to go with Ovechkin, and that's a safe one to say. I see him scoring a goal from his office, the left circle, and uh, I, I, that's, what, that's what I'm hoping for. I am hoping for Ovechkin you know, to keep going, chipping away at that, going after Gordie Howe, going after Gretzky, and it's always a safe bet to say Alex Ovechkin is going to score. So I see him scoring the first goal for the Caps. How about the Stars? 
yeah, it's a great question, and there's plenty of guys that that could you know fit this role. And last season, it was very easy to say someone from that top line, and I think I'm gonna take the bait on that as well. The I mean, the top three scores on the team, all with seven points right now: Pavelski, Hints, and Robertson. I'll go with Jason Robertson, the 41 goal scorer from last season. Uh, just a special player. Didn't know if he was gonna be on this team early in the season, all throughout the off season, as he was kind of caught in some weird contract negoc- negotiation. Uh, scenarios with the Stars not having a ton of cap space, but they get the compromise and Robertson, two goals, five assists so far on the season. And and, and I'm really excited to see how he plays against this Caps team and, uh, of course, excited to watch Ovechkin as well. I'll, I'll get to be at the game, which is exciting. Never gotten right. to see the Caps play in person, so it's weird because I'm obviously wanting the Stars to win, wanting them to do well, but I won't be too upset if I get to see Ovechkin rip one, rip a one-timer, and maybe get one past Jake Ottinger. Because uh, I'm just a sucker for for guys chasing down history, and uh, it's cool to see Ovechkin on this journey. I was in the building last season when Austin Matthews uh, set the record for the most goals by a Leafs player last season. So may- maybe you know me being in the building is uh, an instant lock for Alexander Ovechkin to get at least one goal in this game. All right, why don't you tell our Capitals listeners where we can find you online? Absolutely. You can find uh, our show, Locked on Stars, just like Locked on Capitals, anywhere you get your podcast app, free uh, and available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple. Uh, and you know, if you do feel so inclined, you can give us a subscription or follow. And if you do, I promise I'll be nice to the Capitals after the game, win or lose. Uh, that is always my, my guarantee to other fans of the teams that the Stars play. And Dan, what about you? All right, so you can find me online. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. And, of course, available on YouTube. Yeah, that, the good stuff. I always love doing these crossovers. Thanks for doing this, and hopefully we Thank get a you. good game on Thursday. Thank you very much. I'm looking for a great game. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on Odyssey, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.